Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled A Study of Prayer based on the book How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson number one is how to develop an intimate relationship with God. Uh, and, and tonight's going to be uh, the beginning and then we're going to have to take another break because next week is Thanksgiving, so we'll have a Thanksgiving service. Uh, but, but I'm glad that we're going to get rolling tonight. Uh, let me tell you the basis of the study. Uh, I received this book as a gift from one of the executive board meetings from the SBCV, uh, and it is called How to Pray. Uh, it's written by Ronnie Floyd, uh, who uh, has... Uh, some notoriety in the Southern Baptist Convention uh, in these days. Uh, he served as a senior pastor of a church in Arkansas called Cross Church, a rather large mega-type church there uh, for 30 years. Uh, he also has been, and this to me is one of, the, one of the things that marks his life, under President Trump, he was the president of the National Day of Prayer. So he was the one who was a primary leader under the, President Trump for National Day of Prayer. I, know, I think he started in 2017 uh, and ran it through the presidency for President Trump. Who knows what will happen now? But uh, that, that, he, that, was, uh, that was, to me, one of the uh, major marks of his life that he did lead, lead in the National Day of Prayer. Uh, right now, he is the uh, chief executive officer of the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention, and that's kind of the highest office in the land as far as the Southern Baptist Convention goes. But he's a greatly respected man, and yet as you read his book, uh, he's very humble, uh, and I appreciate his humility uh, and the way he approaches his own prayer life. And, and, and one of the reasons I was drawn to the book is because he never says, I've reached the pinnacle, uh, although he has... Uh, quite an astounding prayer life. He never says, I have reached the top. You know, he's still, he's still a fellow struggler in some ways and still on the journey and still learning how to grow in prayer. And I appreciate that about the tenor of the book as I've read it through in his treatment of prayer. Uh, but he humbly believes in the power of prayer, as we all should, amen? Prayer calls on the very power of God. Uh, so I, th I think a, a study is a good thing for us. Uh, one principle that will guide us is, though, we are not going to simply study prayer and not pray. If we're, if we're going to truly be led in what it means to pray, then we need to be prayers. We need to be willing to pray. And I, I would, uh, I'm certainly no arm twisting here. Uh, all of us have different ways that we express prayer. None of them are wrong as long as you're approaching the throne of God in humility, asking for his blessing and leading and wisdom. Some of us are more easily led to pray out loud than others. Uh, I will never twist your arm to make you pray out loud. Uh, but perhaps within this study, uh, we will learn to pray together in a deeper way. Uh, but uh, every night we're going to look at a topic that's connected with prayer, uh, but we do want to pray together. This is uh, kind of unrelated and yet related. There's a little, 
reading that I used, and believe, believe it or not, it was from 1989, a sermon in 1989, and I remembered it all these years. And when I studied, uh, began this study of prayer, this little reading came to mind, and I dug it out of the, of the archives of my sermons. Uh, I had to look for it, but uh, while it's not really related, it is very related. Uh, it's called A Plea for Fishing. Uh, the little article is rather long. I'm just going to read you a little snippet out of it uh, to, so you can get where I'm going with this. But this is called A Plea for Fishing. Kind of writ, written in a, para, a parable-type form. Now, it came to pass that a group existed who called themselves fishermen. And lo, there were many fish in the waters all around. In fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes filled with fish, and the fish were hungry. Week after week, month after month, year after year, these who called themselves fishermen met in meetings and talked about their call to fish, the abundance of fish and how they might go about fishing. Year after year, they carefully defined what fishing means, defended fishing as an occupation, and declared that fishing is always to be a primary task of fishermen. They hired staffs and appointed committees and held many meetings to define fishing and to defend fishing and to decide what new streams should be thought about. But the staff and the committee members did not fish. Further, the fishermen built large printing houses to publish fishing guides. Presses were kept day and night producing materials solely devoted to fishing methods, equipment, and programs to arrange and encourage meetings to talk about fishing. A speaker's bureau was also provided to schedule special speakers on the subject of fishing, but they never fished. Imagine how hurt some were when one day a person suggested that those who don't catch fish were really not fishermen, no matter how much they claimed to be. Yet it did sound correct. Is a person a fisherman if year after year he never catches any fish? Well, of course, I think you know that little parable relates to witnessing uh, in that we can talk about witnessing and bringing the lost, but if we don't do it ourselves, we talk it to death and study it to death uh, and, and have meetings about it, but we never practice it, are we really witnesses? Do we really have a concern for souls? That's that little parable. So, so it, it applies to prayer too. We can study prayer and talk about the major principles of prayer, but we need to pray. We need to practice prayer. We need to practice that communion with God, certainly as a, a corporate body, but also individually. We need to practice prayer uh, on a daily basis. Uh, individually, and praise God, we also are to pray together as the church. Uh, that's why we're here, is that we want to meet together to bring our needs and our petitions before God. So we study prayer, but we need to pray as well. Uh, my, my prayer, as I have prepared some of these lessons, and I will go on through the book with preparation, is that we are led to a deeper and more fruitful time with God. And I'm not leading you in that. I'm leading us in that. I want to grow in that as well. So as we open the study, we begin a journey of how we are to commune with God in prayer. And 
my desire for myself and for you is that we learn how to pray and practice how to pray in a deeper way on a day-by-day basis. Uh, now, here's the, here's the centerpiece. Here's the guiding thought about prayer. Prayer can do what God can do. Isn't that an amazing thought? That we're calling on God that He can exercise the power to do anything in His wisdom and will to answer our prayers. Prayer can do what God can do. Now, here's the key statement of this book. Uh, and I've actually heard Ronnie Floyd in a sermon say this himself. But, but if you write anything down, here's a good statement to begin with. God can do more in one moment than you and I can do in a lifetime. God can do more in one moment than you and I can do in a lifetime. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of calling on our God to walk with us as we commune with Him in prayer. So as we open the study, uh, here's a point that is universal through our time together, and we can't underestimate this. There is an opposer, there is an enemy to prayer, and that's Satan. Satan does not want you and me to learn to pray or practice prayer. Satan doesn't want us to call on the power of God. You know, Satan cannot take away our salvation. Just like in the book of Job, God has parameters that Satan can only walk in and work in. And one of the parameters of God to Satan is that you cannot take the salvation from my, my sons and my daughters. But Satan has an ability and a freedom to sidetrack us and roadblock us Uh, in our godly lives. Satan does not want us to pray, and he will fight our prayers. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been the subject of Satan distracting you in prayer? How does he do it? I can tell you how he does it with me, but let me start with you. How does Satan distract you in prayer? Come on, tell me. Say again. Oh, telephone. Uh, 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 Distractions from the outside. Telephone rings and immediately our communion with God is broken. Your mind goes other places. Anybody? Do we have any fellow sojourners in that? Mark. Sleep encroaches upon us. With prayer, anybody have anybody want to join him in that? I, I I can, yeah, absolutely, I can. Anything else? Sometimes I think God God hears us in prayer, and and we get on our knees and we get on our face before Him, and we are serious about that. And the distractions of the day, that there's the main problem I have. Is, is I want to establish in a communion with God, and it's hard for me to set aside the day uh, and the problems of the day, whatever that may have been. Do, do I have any fellow sojourners in that? Uh, so, so can we agree that Satan is an enemy to prayer? And if you're a true believer, he does not want you and me calling on the power of God. Uh, There are lots of distractions, lots of roadblocks 
uh, even the, a ringing telephone uh, with somebody who's just calling to check in. Uh, it's not that person is, a, is a, an instrument of Satan. It's just that distraction jumps into our life in that moment and our mind gets off track uh, or sleep comes and our mind gets off track. Uh, distractions come uh, because Satan does not want us to pray. We, he knows where he's in trouble if we truly have communion with God. Uh, so there are many ways that he tries to put roadblocks in our way. I want you to think about a few of the prayer warriors of the Bible. Let me just ask you, I've got a whole list here. Who do you think you would suggest to be a prayer warrior in the Bible itself? Any, any names come to mind? David? Daniel? Come on, plenty more. Jesus himself, the prime prayer warrior of the Bible. Anna. Anna and Simeon were on my list. If you read the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, you will find Anna and Simeon, great prayer warriors in the Bible. Uh, we've mentioned Ahab, Solomon. Uh, any others come to mind quickly? Hannah, absolutely. Any others? Well, they're, they're, the, the, the Bible is replete with great prayers. Uh, I do, uh, somebody's already mentioned Daniel. I love the prayers of Daniel. Daniel prayed under the death sentence of being caught in prayer, he would die. He prayed under Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and he was faithful in that. And he would not allow even the death sentence or punishment to come between him and his communion with God. Uh, one of the great, great prayers of the Bible. But of course, as Tom said, the greatest man of prayer communing with the Father is Jesus Christ the Son. Uh, and we see one of the greatest prayer warriors in the Garden of Gethsemane as he is dealing with our salvation, what he will go through dealing with our salvation. And yet I love him seeing God the Father's will, and yet even in his, as Son of God in his humanity saying, is there any other way that you can take this cup from me? And I love the humanity of Jesus' prayer there, that he asked the Father, is there any other way of salvation? And when Jesus then in perfection says, but not my will, thine be done, which led him, of course, ultimately to the cross. So more than any other human being, Jesus fulfilled that communion with God. Prayer is still one of the primary ways to have an intimate relationship with God. I think there's a communion of two in that we need to be prayers and we also need to be students of the Word. In both of those avenues, we come in deep communion with God. Prayer is an avenue to ministry, an avenue to God's power, uh, and His power can be poured on you as an individual and as a, a prayer within your church. God's power can be poured on the entire church body through your prayer life. I mean, every person in the church calling on the power of God 
on the church's ministry and outreach and increasing our borders, God's power can be poured directly on the church body. Here's Ronnie Floyd's definition of prayer. Effective prayer occurs when you talk to God and when you listen to what God says to you. So there are two parts. You're actively praying and you're actively listening. Prayer then is a relationship. Uh, It's not simply a practice. I do this because I'm a believer. I do this because the Bible teaches me so. You don't even do it uh, because you want to model what Jesus said before us. We don't just pray in a structure. We pray in a relationship. We're seeking that deeper communion with God. Uh, But with Ronnie Floyd, it says, equally speaking and equally listening. Now, let me ask you this. Can prayer life get lopsided in that? (laughs) Usually is. Where, which, which, which way does your prayer life get lopsided in, in actively praying and actively listening? Okay, no, we don't listen. Do you think, is that most of our, is that most of our reply to that? Uh, we, we, we sometimes talk, but we fail to take the time to listen. And sometimes, depending on the time of day, it's in that moment of listening where the sleep sets in, uh, and, and where the distractions set in. When we're not actively using our mind and our mouth to talk to God, and when we quiet down and center down to hear Him, that, those, that's the time for me when most of the distractions come, in, in those moments of quietness. But we want to keep an even-handed and even-weighted prayer time with God, equally talking, equally listening now, before uh, tonight, before we get to our moment of prayer, uh, let me give you some principles of prayer, uh, according to the book here. Uh, what we should be saying and what we, sh- what we should be uh, using as a f- format, so to speak, uh, for our prayer life. And there are five points of how we're to pray in approaching our God. The first one is this. We pray with confession. Uh, As we come before God, first and foremost, we confess that God and God alone can help us and hear us. Uh, We also confess our sin before Him. Because if we're going to have a deep communion with God, we have to be transparent before Him. And we have to have a clean heart as we pray. So confession is we confess our sin, we confess our shortcoming, and ask forgiveness. Uh, because if we think we're going to hide sin from God, we're only fooling ourselves. Uh, I know you know this because I've said it a thousand times in here. One of my favorite psalms, it may be the, the very first of them, is Psalm 139. I love this psalm. I go to it often. Uh, but here's how it opens up. O oh Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising, and understandeth my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path, my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thy hand upon me. And basically what those five verses of Psalm 139 says is, we, 
we're not hiding anything from God. He knows everything about our heart. He knows everything about our life. He knows our downfall. He knows our strengths. He knows our talents. He knows our weaknesses. We are absolutely transparent before God. So there's no hiding from Him. So in wisdom, we simply say, Lord, let me confess my sin before you. I want to have a clean heart as I begin my prayer time with you. Uh, So we begin with that attitude of confession that He is God and that we need Him. We need Him in forgiveness and we need His power in prayer. Confession. Secondly, we come in praise of God. We praise Him in that He's expressing His love to us. And, and we, of, we should honestly say to Him, I love you on a regular basis. You know, it's, a, it's an amazing thing uh, out of the, the many, many texts that I got from so many people over the last few weeks. One man from our church said, I've never told you this, but I need to tell you now I love you. He said, I, I don't say that often to men but I want to tell you that. Uh, It brought me to tears to hear that from this gentleman in our church. And God desires us to tell him that. Lord, I love you. I love you because you are my God, my Savior, my Lord. So don't be ashamed to come before him in the praise that you love him. So confession, praise. The third aspect of prayer is thanksgiving. Now that's different from praise Praise tells him you love him. Thanksgiving thanks God for what he's done for you and me in his love for us. Uh, The ways that he has shown his love to you and to me. And so we come in thanksgiving. You know the old song, count your blessings? That's what we do before our God in prayer. We count the blessings of the ways that he loves us, the ways that he's led us. So we're coming before God with a thankful heart. The fourth part of prayer is petition. And petition is bringing your own personal needs to Him. Uh, The things that you need to talk about with Him, your concerns, your problems. uh, Let Him know where you need to grow in your relationship. Let Him know those areas of your life where you need to be closer to Him. Let Him know the areas of your life where you want to be more of a servant to Him. So areas of petition deal with your own relationship with him and how you want to grow with him. And then the fifth and the final way that we approach him in prayer is intercession. And that's where we stand in the gap for someone else. When we're raising up our family or our circle of friends or that lost person before God, uh, that's intercession. So five principles of talking with God. Before we pray tonight... Ronnie Floyd said there are also three principles of listening to God. And here they are. Number one, you have to be still and you have to be quiet. Again, uh, that's, that's an area of being still, being quiet. For, I'm not going to say this about you, but I'm going to say this about me. It's hard for me to be still and quiet for long. Uh, too many things run through my brain. And when I get still and get quiet, those things start to kick up and start to move around in my head. It's, it's an art. Uh, it's a discipline to be still and quiet before God. 
and to truly be able to turn your ears to Him and turn your ears off to the thoughts of the world uh, and focus on Him. Uh, Also, another thing that Ronnie Floyd says about listening is you can't be in a hurry. You can't say, okay, God, I'm giving you 30 seconds. You better speak to me because I got things to do. Uh, One of the things that he says in this book is that, that a meeting with God is the most important appointment you and I have in our day. There's nothing, there's no appointment of your day that overrides your appointment with God in prayer. Uh, that, that is a, a great statement, and I've thought about it a lot because I've often allowed other appointments to take the place of that appointment. I need to grow there. And then finally, he says, uh, when you have a special need and you really need to listen with, to God about that one particular need, set aside a special time outside of the regular time to meet with him on that one special thing and concentrate on that. So those are three points of listening well to God. Well, that kind of gets us rolling. That, that gets us started. Uh, we have quite a few more sessions, but, but that's the open door of how we begin with a, a prayer time with God as we think about meeting with him uh, on a very daily basis and meeting with him as a church You know, one of the greatest privileges and one of the greatest intimate moments we have as an entire church body is right now. When we bow our heads together and pray to the God of the universe, asking for his blessing and his power and his grace and his healing, bringing our petitions and our intercessions for others uh, before him. So as we pray together tonight, I'm just going to open the floor. Pastor Clyde's going to start us off. Uh, Don't be shy. But I'm not twisting your arm. If you would like to lead us in a moment of prayer as we pray together, again, this is is the moment that draws us closer together than any other moment of the church when we bow our heads as brothers and sisters and pray to our Father. So let's do that tonight. Pastor Clyde, start us off. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.